uh, hey, God's in the house, right? And, and, and he'll do great things for you. I said he'll do great things for you. He, he loves you. He loves you. And, uh, you know, I, I told Tab, because, uh, you know, Tab came up and, and uh, kind of prepped us for the, for the offering and shared some thoughts. And I told Tab, because, you know, last night, uh, when he did it, I told him this morning, I said, man, I love those scriptures, you know, that if you being evil know how to give good gifts. How many think you're a good gift giver? Man, I can see a bunch of nervous people. They're afraid to raise their hand. <laughs> I don't want to say nothing because I, I know Tom, what he's going to say. Right, you suck. Okay, I told Tab, I just tell him, man, you compared to God, you suck. As a gift giver, man, God knows how to give good gifts. Huh? And, and isn't it crazy? We're, we're, in a, we're in a season when, uh, you know, so many people in the world today, you know, want to live as if there is no God. But yet Christmas, I don't know, have you been down by the mall or anything? Did you go to Costco? Uh, you know, the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was, was empty and void, and, but filled with darkness and chaos. And the Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit here. And the fact that the Holy Spirit's not intimidated by chaos, which I really sensed him at Costco. You know, he was there. And you got all these people that want to take Christ out of Christmas. Celebrating the birth, having a birthday party for somebody they're not going to invite. But he's invited here today. Huh? Come on. I said he's invited here today. And the crazy thing is, is he's the one bringing the gifts. And, and, and he's touching your life and increasing your life and elevating you to a new place. I, I think we ought to give him one more hand today. Just, just a Thanksgiving offering. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you're here and you don't have a Bible, hold your hand up. The ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. I want to make sure everybody uh, has a copy of the Word of God. You need to get into God's Word every single day. You need to take a verse. This is what we highly, highly recommend. We're going to challenge you every time we see you. We talk about it to take a verse and just begin to weave it into the very fabric of your being. And, and uh, uh, just, I mean, read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it. And then let the Holy Spirit talk to you about it and figure out how to apply it. Then read it and repeat it some more. And, uh, you know, and don't get in a hurry. Don't get in a hurry. I think sometimes, you know, there's great spiritual disciplines reading the Bible in a year. We're getting ready to come to a new year. And so that's a great discipline. Get a reading program and every day. Uh, but but you, have a t you have a tendency to go as fast as you can so you can check it off and get on to the next thing. Uh, you know, reading a, a, a chapter of Proverbs every day is just something that we've done most of our lives. And, and uh, you know, there's just enough chapters that you can read one every day of, of the month. And at the end of the month, start over again. And what's crazy is every month you read the same stuff but get new, new insight, new revelation. Uh, but if you'll take a scripture at a time and just let it digest, it will uh, it'll come up in, 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 in the right places. And it'll give you, it'll give insight that, that you, you'll know things you didn't know that you know. Uh, the Bible puts it this way, that you'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way walk ye in it when you turn to the left or to the right. A word behind thee is, that's, that's not an angel following you around, telling you things. It's the word sown in the past that comes up in the present that opens the door for your future. And, and, you, and you need God's word every day. And you need to weave it into the fabric of your being. And become a word person. I mean, just get in the word every single day. Amen? Look at your neighbor say, get in that book.
Amen. You got your Bible with you today. You got your device. Let's hold it up together. Lift it up and, and, and say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I'm going to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, hey, let's get into the word. Amen. We got a lot, we got a lot going today. Wasn't worship awesome? Yeah. Uh, I mean, worship was awesome. And, and, and I'm going to give you a word, and then we're going to take communion together. And then the team's coming back, and they got a couple special songs to, for Christmas. And we got, we got stuff going on. We got free ice cream today. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Okay. There was a little boy. I, I don't have time for this, but I have to tell my jokes. Okay. There, there was a little boy at Christmas time, and he decided to sit down and write a letter to Jesus. Because he, he had been taught that Santa wasn't real, but he knew Jesus was. And so he started writing a, a letter to Jesus, and he said, Dear Jesus, I've been really, really good for six months. And that's kind of what went off in him, too, when he wrote it. And so he scratched out six and wrote three. And then he felt something, probably conviction. He scratched it out and put a one. He thought about it some more and he scratched out the word months and wrote in the word week. Been really, really good for one week. and Then it was, okay, three days. Finally, he just scratched it out and he got up from the writing desk and went downstairs to where they had the little nativity thing set up. And, and he found Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he looked around and he picked her up and he took him up to his bedroom, rolled him up, rolled her up in a sock and put him in a sock drawer and went back to the writing desk and sat down and said, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> I like that one. It's like the little girl who asked her mom, she said, I'm confused, which virgin gave birth to Jesus? Was it the Virgin Mary or the King James Virgin? Ryan, he's, he can't hardly hold himself together. Ryan, what do you call a three-legged reindeer? Eileen. Knock, knock. Come on, guys. Knock, knock. Ivana. Ivana, go open presents. Aren't these awesome? Knock, knock. Athena. Athena reindeer landing on your rooftop. Okay, let's get in the word. Don't, don't you wish this went on all day like this? This would be awesome. Okay. In, in, in the Bible, you know, we have, we have these uh, uh, presentations of, of the Christmas story. In, in two of the Gospels, it talks about the birth of Jesus and and, uh, uh, and Matthew's account, to me, is really interesting because uh, he doesn't do it like anybody else would, which I can relate to. You know, I don't have a, uh, you know, when it comes to the traditional Christmas thing, you know, I just don't flow good there. And, uh, but, but I was praying about the weekend and, you know, trying to get ready. And I started reading Matthew and realized that, you know, uh, he didn't do it normal either. 
And by the way, if, if you're kind of new to Christianity and you're trying to start find a place to read the Bible, and so you go to the New Testament, and you open up the book of Matthew, and you start reading, you're probably going to make it about 14 verses. Because it's not real exciting stuff right there. But yet there's some really cool things, and, and this is how Matthew starts the story of, of the birth of Jesus. We're going we're gonna to read it together, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. And this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And it's cool that Matthew, you know, uh, when, when he's writing, he said, Jesus, the Messiah, Christ, same word. Uh, but he, he's, he's presenting a case to Jews that, uh, uh, that Christ is the son of the living God. And it's important to them that they understand where Jesus, well, where did this Jesus, where did this Messiah come from? Because we had a promise from God that he would come through David. And David was big stuff. I mean, David is the man. And, and they loved King David. And so, so he's going to prove that, that, hey, this is the one that you've been waiting for. This is the one that you've been looking for. This is the one you've been praying for. The one that you've been believing for. And he said, here's the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, and, and the son of Abraham. And, and he launches into it. Verse 2, he says, I, I, Abraham Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and he's breaking it down. And Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. There's an interesting story. You need to go read in your Bible. Perez and Zerah were two twins that were in the womb. And remember, she went, uh, the, the midwife tied a scarlet thread on the hand of, of the one that she thought was going to be first, but he withdrew his hand, and the other was born first, so he's called Perez, which means breakthrough. And, and Zerah was the one that came after, and, and Zerah, well, basically it means Zerah. Zero. zero is a handout mentality, but doesn't have a breakthrough spirit. That's really good. You'll have to study it. Uh, but it says that whose mother was Tamar, and, and you, you got to catch this because he's given genealogy, okay? And genealogy does not require uh, the mention of women, and, and, and no, no offense to the ladies, but in, in the day that this was written, uh, it's just totally out of sync with society to bring up the women, but for the Jewish people, why in the world would you bring up this woman? Because Tamar, uh, she, was, she was sexually molested. She's a story we're trying to sweep under the rug. She's not one that we're wanting to pull out and put the light on it. But, but let me tell you something, God's still operating the same way. There's so many things in your life that you'd like to, you'd kind of like to sweep under the rug. But if, if you get Jesus operating in your life, it usually comes out into the light, doesn't it? Because out in the light is where it's going to be healed. See, because he didn't come to hide your stuff. He came to heal your stuff. And, and, and he brings up this woman, Tamar, and then Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram. And verse 4 says, Ram, the father of A, and A, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of, uh, of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Good Lord, here's another woman. Rahab, well, Rahab, I mean, most church people can remember, most people can remember that Rahab, her story's not all that great either. Rahab is a harlot. So now we got, we got somebody who's been sexually abused. You brought her up. You're bringing up this lady, you know, she's a hooker. And, and, and you're going to bring her into the story. You need to, you know, and, and people, I'm telling you that the Jewish community was like freaking out right about now. Because they're like, you know, you got to stop bringing these ladies out. And because and, these are, again, these are, these are people, that, I mean, bring up some of the good ones. How come you didn't mention Sarah? But you got Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, who, whose mother was Ruth. Okay, finally a, a, finally a good lady. But we have a problem with Ruth. She's not Jewish. She's a Moabite. 
She's a Moabite. So now, now he's introduced the fact that, that, that there's a speed bump in the bloodline, right? Because uh, now, now, now we got a Moabite that's in the story. And, and of course, we all know when we hear, you know, Ruth is a great story, but when we hear about Moabites, then we think about, you know, these other things, don't we? No? Okay. But anyways, mother, we got the mother of Ruth and then Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of King David, period. And he should have just stopped there. Okay, finally we got proof, but he doesn't stop there. And he goes, and David was the father of Solomon, the richest guy, the wisest guy, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. So here we got this, we have this, we have this story, this genealogy. And he brings up four women, one woman who was sexually abused, one woman who was a hooker, one woman who's not of our people. And then we have, we have Solomon, whose mother had been somebody else's wife. Another story we don't like to talk about. And Matthew's bringing this into the light because of who he is and what his life story's been like. And, and, and he's wanting the people to know that the Savior has come, okay? That the, that, that the Messiah is here, but he didn't just come for sinners. He came through sinners. And he still does. Hello, somebody. That the Savior that came to, to eradicate sin on the face of the planet isn't intimidated by broken people. He's attracted to them. And, and, and he ain't hiding stuff, but he's healing stuff. And, and Matthew, he, you know, drop down there to that chapter uh, 9. And Jesus is getting in a boat and he's crossing over and he's coming to town. They see him coming and some guys take a friend who's paralyzed and they put him on a mat and they, and they drop him right where Jesus is going to be. And, and, and Jesus sees this and he sees their act of faith and he says, take heart, son. Think King James says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven, which by the way is not why they brought him there. They, didn't, they, they, they brought him there because he's paralyzed and here he, here's Jesus. Jesus, man, your sins are forgiven. Let me tell you something. You have an encounter with Jesus, and there's a lot of stuff that you're under the impression you need, but there's one need that you have that outweighs them all. And it has to do with this issue that we got in our life that without that precious blood that we sang about being applied to our life, man, we are toast. And Jesus handled that, didn't he? And he just said, your, your sins are forgiven. And the religious people... The religious people who's based their life off of what they've done and what they, what they ref, refrain from doing. And they said, hey, this guy is blaspheming. You know, he, he, who, who gave him the ability to do that? Look at verse 4. And, and uh, uh, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your head? What's wrong with you guys? What's wrong with you guys? Look at verse 5. What's easier? Forgiven sins? Or get up and walk. So he looks at the guy and says, you might as well roll that mat up, dude. Carry it to your house. And, and the guy, look at verse 6. He said, I, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority. Get up and take your mat and go. And verse 7 says that uh, that guy got up and went home. That guy that, guy, that guy that was carried in walked out. Hey, some of you guys are here today. 
and it may be, maybe not even because you chose to, maybe may some loving relative <laughs> hauled your booty to church and you're thinking, hurry up. You got carried in, but you can walk out today. In verse 8, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God. Who had given this kind of authority to man? Well, I guess they kind of forgot about Genesis 1, huh? When God gave authority and dominion to man. And Jesus came to demonstrate how to use that authority in day-to-day -day life. And, 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 and you know what? what's cool is that Matthew, you know, when he's trying to sell the idea to, to, to people that, hey, the Messiah here is here, the Christ is here, uh, he doesn't leave out, he doesn't leave out the, the dark parts of the story. And, and, but even when it comes to his own life, he takes the light and shines it on something that, that most people would have wanted to overlook. Look at verse 9. Jesus went from there and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth. And there's, two, there's, there's always these two groups of people in the Bible, in the New Testament, that, that, that are referred to, sinners and tax collectors. And, and sinners are bad, but tax collectors are more bad. Okay? And they're the lowest class individual on the planet because the Romans didn't, didn't like facing the Jews all the time. So what they came up with this great idea. Here, let, let's sell the right to collect taxes and we'll let some of the Jewish people buy a business and set themselves up and they can get the taxes that we need from the people and then they can put surcharges on it and they can, you know, so they can get anything they want. And tax collectors were hated. They were, they were despised. They were rejected. They, ever, nobody liked the tax collectors because the tax collector, man, he lived in the big house, and, you know, and he, he had the nice chariot, and he had the new Apple phone, and he had everything going. But he got it by ripping people off. And, and Jesus goes from there, and he finds Matthew sitting at a tax collector's booth, and he makes this statement to Matthew. He just, he's walking up there, and probably because they had to pay some kind of tax. You know, they just got off the boat, probably got some port tax, probably got to pay tax to heal. You know, he's got taxes to pay, and he walks up, and he makes a statement, follow me. I bet the rest of the guys that were with Jesus were probably, well, you know Peter had something to say. You know, Peter, and Jesus probably like, Peter, shut up. Because they don't, they don't, oh my gosh, we're, we're, now we're going we're gonna to travel with a tax collector? People think we're crazy already. Now, now, now we got this jack wagon to carry along with us. And, 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 and you know, and where are we going? Where are we going? Look at the next verse. Look where they went. Jesus had dinner at Matt's house. And all of his tax collector buddies, because that's all he could have, and sinners. So you got a large party of the unwanted, the unloved, the unliked, the unlikely hanging with Jesus. And, and, and the people came, and, and in verse 11, the people came and, and they asked, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? What's going on here? Why, why? These are the worst people on the planet. And I love what he says in verse 12. Jesus heard it and he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. And if you think about it, that, that could be kind of like a harsh statement, couldn't it? I mean, if you're Matthew, he just, he just declared, you are unhealthy in front of everybody. But I don't think, I don't think it was uh, 
I don't think it was rude, and I don't think it was that harsh because there was no judgmental attitude attached to it. Just a statement of reality. And how many of you know that when you're unhealthy, you know. You know, when you're far from God, when you're you're running from God, you know. And, And Jesus said, man, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Look at verse 13. And go and learn, Jesus said to, to all of these religious people, go and learn what this means. And, and, and he brings a quote from the Old Testament. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let me tell you what Christmas is really about. It, 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 it's about redemption coming into the lives of people who, because of no real act of their own, have been separated from God. And every act that they've tried to perform to connect to God wasn't enough. So, you know, because a lot of times, you know, we we, kind of try to come to God uh, in our righteousness. We try to to make a a relationship happen. And then we, and and even at church, you know, at church we get so weird because we, you know, uh, as as hard as we want to be open and and, and God-like and Christ-like, you you know, there's still moments that it's like we build these hoops and you got to jump through the hoops. And if it looks too easy, we just set the hoops on fire. And, and, and we try to get to God through some act of our own. But see, the, the deal is, is that uh, you and I, without God, we ain't ever going to be good enough. And you're, you're thinking about all the great things that you've done. Well, wait a minute. Now you've got to stop and look at all the great things you haven't done. And that you don't have the strength, the ability, the opportunity, the, the environment, the settings are all wrong. You, but these things are required. But Jesus came to take care of all of that for us. So Jesus came so that we could come to God based on righteousness, but not ours. His. And that blood. Oh, and just a minute. Matter of fact, I'm going to have the ushers come. And they're going to hand out these emblems. And, and we're going to partake uh, of these emblems together. But before they, before, before, you know, they're going to get ready. But while they're getting ready, I want you just to bow your head for a moment. Close your eyes. And if, if you're here today and you've been trying to live based on how good you are, or maybe what's kept you away from God is knowing how bad you are. You need to remember that chaos doesn't impede God. It, it excites him. The Holy Spirit hovers over the, the chaos so that, so that as it hears the will of God, it can cause it to be manifest. And, and, and God, God wants you to know that uh, at this Christmas, that there's been an invitation given, and it's been given to you to come to Christ, to follow him. And, and that nothing has the ability to separate you from God if you make a decision to receive the gift that he offers through Jesus Christ. And what we're going to do real quick, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And, and I'm not going to call you out. I won't make you stand up. I don't want to embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, you know what? I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I need to accept the gift that he offers me through real intimate relationship with Jesus Christ today. I'm going to make this prayer, and we're all going to pray together. But if you're here and you say, Tom, I'm making this prayer my prayer today. I'm, I'm getting real with God because I need God to be real with me. I'm ready to receive real life. If that's you today while no one's looking around, I just want to agree with you in prayer. So would you do me one favor? Just hold your hand up really high and just let me see it. 
Let me agree with you. Thank 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 you. It's awesome. I want everybody in this place to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I know I need your love. I know I need your acceptance. I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and change me. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you and you alone. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God a big hand. It's awesome. The ushers are going to start handing out the emblems. I'm going to ask you to hold on to them as you get them. We'll all partake together. You don't have to be a member of the church. You just have to have made that prayer your prayer and, and, and have a relationship with Jesus. You can have communion with us today. And we're going to take these emblems that represent the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood. And, and we're going to partake together with these emblems. And we're going to take communion today on Christmas as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And, 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 you know, it's crazy because sometimes, you know, you look at this, at this emblem, you got the cracker and you got that little cup and it doesn't seem like much. And, uh, uh, you know, and e even though we know that Jesus took bread and broke it and he said, this is my body, which was broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood, which was shed for you. I think in that moment, those emblems were a lot more powerful. Sometimes in a setting like this, it's hard to remember the impact of these emblems. But I just want you to know that when you get that cracker and you get that, you, you get that little, it's really, you know, think about it. It's not even just the cracker. It's just a chunk of one. It's just a chunk of one. But, but this little cracker, you know, what, what's this represent? This represents a body that was ripped apart and broken and, and torn up so that your life could be made whole. You could be healed. You could be restored. And, and you could be put back together again. And, and what's crazy is that this little cracker, think about it for just a minute today, we're going to kick devil booty and we're using a cracker to do it with. And I'm telling you that this, this thing that we're partaking of today, this, this, is, this is more than a ceremony. This is a reality and it's not something that's going to happen, but it's something that has happened. And today you might have come in here broken. Maybe you're like the maybe you're like the first gal that, that's been abused, or maybe you're the the, the second you, you know personality that's that, that sold yourself that that's that's given up the the right things that should have taken place in exchange for the wrong things in your life, or, or maybe you feel like the third woman that that Matthew mentioned that it's like man I just don't fit in I'm an outsider or 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 or, or maybe you come from broken relationships and 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 you got here but it just is doesn't seem to fit you know society and their expectation and even though you're here you got here wrong it doesn't make any difference today because of the body that was broken for you you get to leave in wholeness and you are part of his body and, and, and they're passing out that cup and that cup's got that juice in it and that juice represents the blood of Jesus. And, and, and we know that the blood of Jesus, it doesn't just cover sin, but it washes it away. And, 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 and you know, one of the lines in the song we sang today, the, the blood of Jesus, that it paid the price for forgiveness. The, 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 the blood of Jesus paid the price of forgiveness. I, 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 want you to, I want you to really pay attention for a second. The blood of Jesus paid the price for forgiveness. Now listen, forgiveness to you was free. 
Salvation, forgiveness is a gift that's been given to you. Well, what's the price of forgiveness? His shed blood, but not forgiveness to you. But you have to acknowledge that his blood is enough for you to release forgiveness. And when you don't forgive, you're suggesting that his blood isn't valuable enough for what's been done to you. And today, I want to tell you something. That you need to release forgiveness just as much as you need to receive it. In order to be made whole, these emblems represent a body that was broken and blood that was shed. And you, you're not going to be free. You have been set free. See, there's there's, there's this, uh, I don't know how to describe it, and, and one of the guys, he's a cop, and he's got a canine, he's a canine cop, and he, he's got his dog, and he told me actually what they called it last night, and now I can't, I can't even remember. Uh, uh, but in, when they're training dogs, you know, and big dogs especially, they'll, they'll put the dog on a chain that's driven to the ground, and, and, and there's a purpose behind it. It sounds kind of mean, but they'll put the, put the dog on a chain, and they'll bring out fresh meat, and they'll drop it just outside the chain. So that the dog will run to get that, and when it hits the end of the chain, be snapped back, and 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 they do it until the dog, you know, learns not to get snapped back. But the dog at first will still pull the full length of the chain out. And what they do is they start they start bringing the chain back, and as they bring the chain back, but they bring the meat in, and pretty soon, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 meat's pretty close to, to where the dog's at, and then they start lengthening the chain, but he still won't go near the meat. And then they take off the chain and, and the dog won't touch the meat. You can walk in and drop meat all over the place and the dog won't t touch that meat. Not, not, until, not until the master says, you know, he can have it. And, 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 and it's a type of training. But what's interesting is that in, in, in the dog's mind, when the chain has been removed, uh, there's a season when, when he, won't, he won't touch the meat even though he's not chained up. And see, a lot of us, this is how we've been living our life. There's so many great gifts that God has for us. But we don't, we don't, we don't get it because we spent our life you know, in bondage. We had a chain. And every time we went for it, we'd get snapped back because there was something that, that kept us from reaching it. But because of these emblems, because of that body, because of that blood, and because of our acceptance of that gift, we've been liberated, man. We are not in chains anymore. But we still have to renew our mind. Or else we go without all the great things that God has for us because we don't think we deserve it. And today I'm here to tell you something. That Jesus came to handle everything you don't deserve. So the next time you think I don't deserve it, then you can just say, well, and thank you, Jesus. Because if I don't deserve it, then it's already handled. Because of a body that was broken for me. I can walk in health. I can walk in wholeness. We can have a peaceful habitation because a body was broken. I want you to hold that emblem up. Father, today we just celebrate. We celebrate the birth of a child that was born to die so that we could live. Thank you for a body that was broken so that we could know wholeness. 
And today, Lord, as we partake of these emblems, we just declare over every person inside the sound of my voice, freedom, liberty, deliverance, revival, renewal. Open the eyes, God, so that we can see our freedom. We thank you for a broken body. In Jesus' name, let's partake together of that emblem. I want you to look at somebody sitting close to you and tell them, I've been made whole. Look the other way and say, I'm put back together again. And you're holding that cup. Just remember that that blood of Jesus, not only did it bring forgiveness to my life, but it allows forgiveness to flow through my life. That Jesus didn't just come for sinners. He came through sinners. And he's going he's gonna to use my life. He's going to use your life. He didn't just reach you just simply to reach you, but he reached you to reach through you. There's people in your world that need you to leave his fingerprint on their life. Because of this blood, man, I tell you, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what hell was thinking when they killed Jesus. Because when that blood began to flow, man, the whole dynamic changed. Father, today we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we stand before you holy, righteous, and blameless in your sight. And God, we ask today that the blood of Jesus would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only, not only in our life, but the unrighteousness that we seem to look through when we look at others. God, your blood is enough. Your blood is enough. So we release forgiveness today. We release it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus and the power that's in that blood. And we give you glory and honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's partake together. Isn't God good? God, you're awesome. Hey, guys, we love you. We love you. Walk in the freedom that God's given to you. Amen. Merry Christmas.